I just wanted some additional music. I love our music, though. You, I do. You just were supplementing. Just, yeah, I'm just like adding a little flavor, a little spark. Okay. A little something. Yeah. Why not? I don't Why have not? a song to bring you today, just some sound effects. Well, I have something to bring you today, which is a greeting. What's up, Ding Dongs? That's my greeting. Well, um, let me ask you a question. Okay. Well, let me ask Brad a question, actually. Would you rather us... This is a worse worse to less evil. <laughs> would you rather us enter every podcast as pentatonics? <laughs> or, would you, <laughs> or would you rather hear Corey say, what's up, Ding Dong? I Which is fucking worse. Everybody knows the answer. To <laughs> I think I'm going with Ding Dongs. <laughs> Wait, that's worse? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's better. It's better. Oh, it's better. Oh, 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 oh. I don't um, even know. Guys, I just mixed that episode yesterday. It was something else. <laughs> um, I don't even know what to do. Well, uh, I'm Corey right Kraft. Now. I'm not a member of Pentatonix. Rachel Morgan am, across the table from me. I have been me. asked to join Pentatonix. It's true. <laughs> it, it's like um, it's like the the subplot on Arrested Development where uh, David Cross wants to be a member of the Blue Man group <laughs> so he paints himself him. blue and just like Let goes him. about his life as an understudy for the Blue Man group. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. There's gotta be a better way to say that. You're an understudy for Pentatonix. I am. And you know who else could be in Pentatonix? Is, you know how Justin Timberlake is always trying to beatbox or whatever? Like he was always trying to like with his mouth <laughs> Like in and sync, and then on his solo albums, I feel like he could just they they could fit him right in there. He hasn't been really making music lately, anyway. So maybe he should be the the seventeenth member of Pentatonix. Uh, yeah, you know he's climbed every mountain. Might it's as true. well. It's true. All right. Well, this is the official Pentatonix podcast. So let's uh, let's start talking about him. I wouldn't know where to begin. Anyway, I'm Rachel Morgan. Corey Kraft. Corey Kraft is the head of the Pentatonix fan club. (laughs) (laughs) So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. McBroBro, it's Rachel and Corey. Hey. Hi. What's going on? What is happening? Oh, nothing much. Just decompressing from the holiday times. You know how it goes. I do. I do. Well, I assume that since it's been the holidays, you've watched some stuff. You know I have. Well, you know we want to know what it is. Okay. Well, I don't know. Have you seen this yet? I don't know if you have. Let me find my notes here. Um, Falling for Christmas starring Lilo. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. I've seen seen this. I've seen it. Uh, Well, yeah. yeah, I've seen it. I've se- I haven't. I need to more, be more attentive. You don't, though. You got it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did you think? Back, y'all. Okay. Well, all right. I okay. You know, here's the thing. It's. I think it's. Is it a ne- is it a Netflix thing? It's not a Hallmark for sure. It, yeah, it's it's a, it's a Netflix original. It's one of those which you know they all do this now. They're a little more a little more cheeky and a little more you know referential to themselves and stuff than your your regular boilerplate Hallmark movie. So it does that, but it's pretty similar, um, and it's pretty corny. Um, and as you know, then I guess you guys have, have seen, and you can chime in, but she's, she plays the hotel heiress, a la Paris Hilton vibes. And, um, and her dad wanted to give her the director, the title Director of Atmosphere. <laughs> and um, I mean, I've asked for a title change at Sidewalk, so. Are you the Director of Atmosphere? I'm hoping. <laughs> Sick. Waiting to hear. 
You know, I, okay, I don't want to, okay, yes, Lilo is back. This is great. But, like, I thought she might have been maybe a weaker link in this movie. I don't know. Am I, is that right, is that right to say? Um, just because she seemed unbelievable. I didn't believe it. Um, I didn't, I mean, I did believe that she's, like, an heiress or whatever, but I didn't believe that anything she was saying to me. Like, it just was, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I want her to be back, but I also just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, she's shaking the rust off. You know, she's she's got to get back yes. into the swing of things. Maybe this is a good warm-up to maybe a more prestigious film or something. You know, like do this Ooh. kind of thing to start with. I don't know. Um, we'll see. <laughs> she definitely was good at um, cashing that check. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, okay, well, I mean, you know, obviously there's a few, uh, the few notes here of things that I like. Well, first of all, okay, so Lilo has the dead mom, and then um, the gentleman in the movie who owns a small lodge nearby the giant hotel, he has a dead wife. So we had multiple of those kind of situations, dead uh, relatives. I want to point out that that's pretty typical. Generally speaking, you've got two people who both are in an RIP situation. A lot of times it's the, it's like the husband and the wife, right? And so they're, because you, you know, you can't, you can't just have people who've been divorced. You gotta, you really gotta build that sympathy. And so they always have the line of like, you know, it's okay to be happy. You were dedicated to John, or usually it's something like, you know, Chris Kringle. You were, you were dedicated to Chris Kringle and now it's okay to move on with, Holly Jolly, whatever the <laughs> fuck your name is, you know. So there's R.I.P. is a pretty typical thing. I appreciate Netflix R- embracing oh, that. Um, you know, but what the weird thing was, okay, he kept the dead wife's um, favorite, I guess, angel tree topper, t- tree topper in his desk drawer. <laughs> which is a weird thing to keep that, like, you know. And at one point um, later on, when he and uh, I don't even remember her character name in this movie, but Lilo um, right. started getting to know. She was like, should we put this on the tree? And he is willing to begin anew. And he does, you know, realize like, okay, I need to move on. You're right. He you're tops right. the tree. Um, as, mm-hmm, a, as a display mm-hmm. of moving on, he tops the tree. That's right. I will say the her deep pink fur trimmed ski suit. Did you see that when I Tad did. was? I did. Ski. I loved it. It was almost like the camera couldn't even pick up the pink all the way. Like it was such <laughs> a, such a, it was a deep pink. It. And she had those little tiny Y2K sunglasses that you hate, but I just I keep pulling them off. You know what? If off. anybody can pull them off, Lilo can. But I really I hate a tiny sunglass. <laughs> but I think she can do it because she, she, like, invented them or whatever, you know? Truth. Um, and then, okay, so I realized it was about the 21-minute mark when I realized that this was just overboard. And, but obviously I wanted to see how they do it. But, okay, first of all, uh, when they realize, like, oh, so, you know, for anyone who's seen it, she's out with Tad, and then there's that whole ski accident, like, avalanche or whatever, and they get separated, and she bumps her noggin, and she can't remember anything. And then she winds up at the lodge with the with the hot guy. And, okay, but he has, like, 80s ski guy hair. It was too much. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I liked it. I liked it. I'm in support of that. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I liked it better than those okay. tiny little sunglasses. <laughs> but, like, okay, also, more fashion talk, like, he is like, oh, well, here's our bag of lost and found. I'm sure you can find something in there. And they started off like she initially that first night had this granny gown, which was terrible and, and ill-fitting and bulky and, you know, grandma looking. And they joked about it. But then the whole rest of the time, cute sort of like vintage ski sweaters, jeggings, 
cute little white combat boots on the first day, very, very chic. And then, like, every single day, there was a different set of boots with a cute sweater and, like, some kind of jegging or something. I'm like, who lost all these clothes that fit her perfectly and look amazing and are super stylish and perfect for this scenario? You know what I mean? That lost but, and found I, bucket was in her contract, that's for sure. <laughs> she was like, okay, I can do this gag for one day, but then I need to be cute the rest of the movie. Yeah, must be cute. Um... And then, let's see, okay, yeah, and also, the overboard theme, like, the doctor tells her she needs to do things to try and jog her memory, and the ski lodge bro, he just, like, looks at the broom in his hand and shrugs. I mean, like, (laughs) and then there's a whole cleaning montage, just like overboard, where she doesn't know how to do a thing at all, like, she can't do laundry and she can't put on sheets. There's, like, a way too long scene where she's, like, (laughs) shot overhead. And she's trying to put on a fitted sheet, and it keeps, you know, she'll get one corner on, and then another corner will pop off, and it's just, like, a real struggle. And it was so frustrated by it. Like, how old is that trope? So, uh, and then there was a part I mean, that's a joke that I, that I play every time I try to put a sheet on the bed. So, <laughs> it's pretty fucking old to me. Okay. Well, and then the toilet wagging in her face. Like, it's so bad. Like, the overboard vibes were so, so silly. Um, but, um, oh, and there was a really good amnesia burn. I noted this. Somebody wrote, and what do you know about memories? You don't even remember your name. Whoa. Like, that is so cool. Burned. That's so cool. <laughs> um, you know, the whole movie is just an example of why brain damage should not be treated by, I mean, it should be treated by, like, a neurologist and not by some local guy who owns a lot. You yeah, know? she should have been airlifted to a hospital for observation. <laughs> <laughs> but also, how did no one recognize her as the daughter of the big fancy resort guy who lived in the same tiny town as them and who whose boyfriend is an influencer like how is she not i don't know like recognized you we, know what i mean or somebody said oh i know who that is like what Ugh, i mean yeah, I, shouldn't, they, I shouldn't be they should have at least written into the script where her hair gets yanked or something and she looks a little different you know we also need right. to talk about that influencer boyfriend character a little bit who goes on yeah. his own little journey um oh, he does meets that gruff like ice fisherman and i i, I kind of thought that those two were going to end up in love at the end of the movie I do. well what's interesting is at the end when she breaks off the engagement tad immediately pivots to the hotel concierge guy yeah he's like you know he's kind of pan and he's into that um but yes i thought the same thing i thought oh he's gonna he's gonna go for this ice fisherman like that's gonna be a real 180 for cat but he didn't but i think the ice fisherman did um did grow a little as well you know (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a season of growth everybody everybody discovers something about themselves and people generally have some Uh lessons to learn around this time of year also, okay, at the end, um, when they're at this, like, holiday party, and then everybody's giving checks, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we got to support the small lodge. Because there was, at one point earlier on, there was the whole small lodge versus Airbnb discussion. Like, how do we compete with that kind of thing? But then, you know, everyone in town's giving him checks for all the good that he's done and helped out and all this. Like, why no Venmo? Like, why no PayPal? Like, how is it all just <laughs> actual paper checks? Like, who has those with them on Christmas Eve? You know what I mean? But, you know. Um... And then, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then there was that mystical moment where all of a sudden, you know, he's got to go tell her how he feels about her. And the uh, little ski mobile thing, snowmobile, doesn't work. It won't start up. Mystically, there's a, a antique sled. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when there. that happens. Love it when that happens. I know. Wasn't 
there was there like a Santa character at one point, kind of early on when the little daughter was around, and then when they first saw the sled. I think there was a Santa, and it's like I guess implied that Santa put the sled there. But like, I just feel like we didn't really have enough mystical Santa for him to have done this one big thing. Like, where was he? Where was the rest of it? You know what I mean? Like, they just need a little sprinkle of mysticism, just a tiny bit. That that that's something I've observed about a lot of these movies that there is always like a slight little nudge that oh, is this the real Santa doing Santa magic to bring these two people yeah. together in in like. like Like 99% of these sort of uh, holiday rom-coms. Well, some lean a little heavier. We've all known about the uh, example that I gave where the two women split the Christmas ornament, the the candy cane Christmas ornament, and then swap bodies. That's right. It can get pretty tragic out there, y'all. They did learn lessons, though. They learned a lot of lessons. Um. Now, you know, now y'all seen that one, but um, there's one other one that we also watched a few days ago. Have you seen No Sleep Till Christmas? I have not seen No, no Sleep Till Christmas. Okay, well, this one's kind of fun. I will say, okay, whereas I believe that the Falling for Christmas is more in line with the regular Hallmark sort of vibe where it plays it pretty safe and pretty corny, um, No Sleep Till Christmas, which I think is also, no, no, no it's a freeform original. I wrote that down <laughs> oh, here. Oh, shit. I've never watched I, one of those. I don't even know what freeform is, but it's an original. <laughs> it, it's, um, okay, it is definitely not Hallmark. Okay, we watched the trailer, and there is a boner in the trailer. Dude, in the trailer? Reference. Like, is that it, why like, this, look, is this why this person isn't, this gentleman's not sleeping? Uh, no, well, okay, so this is also. <laughs> he needs to call 911. So, okay, so just so stupid, because this one is, okay, I would say this one's kind of fun, because. It's a little bit different of a premise. Well, it's quite a bit different of a premise than we've seen before. No body swapping, no um, amnesia, etc. This one is, there's this lady and this random guy, and they don't know each other, and they somehow wind up discovering that they, they both have really bad insomnia, and they're super stressed with their oh. jobs or their work, life, and they have bad insomnia, and they've found out accidentally that when they're together, they can sleep. Oh, like they no. actually just sleep. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. So no. it's definitely a different uh, storyline than than we were used to, and I think um, it's also like I was saying because it's not Hallmark or anything. It really goes for it. Like there, they even mention sex in the third scene of the movie. The third and scene. The Whoa. Third scene. I noted it, and there was a tactical joke. They joked about them. So they do stuff you would never see on Hallmark. And never, um, never, never. And so, like, this, yeah, so the lady, she works at one of Chicago's leading event planning companies, and she plans all these events in the that holidays. Sounds, that sounds right. That yeah. sounds right. And her wedding, and da 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 and then, like, she keeps, you know, thinking about, or so her wedding's going to be on New Year's Eve or something, and she's just very busy, and she can't sleep. And then this random brohim who, like, owns a bar, or he works at a bar, but he wants to own a bar, but he's getting nowhere in life, blah, blah, blah. He can't sleep. Anyway, she hits him with her car, and then they wind up, realizing they can actually, like, I think she took him to the hospital, and then they, like, fell asleep in the car in the parking lot of the hospital, and then she's no. like, oh, my gosh. I and I mean, then no. they decide to, from the rest of the month or so, um, go get hotel room together Oh, to my God. <laughs> and it's just sleeping. It's just sleeping. That's where the boner <laughs> joke was. He, like, has, like, a like a oopsie-oopsie-daisy boner, and then they <laughs> reference it, but... Brad, I hope you have the dick jar out. Do you have the dick jar out? Just making sure. And so, like, they, they, um, 
they, you know, are always bickering and they're very opposite and blah, blah, blah. And she has this fiance and he has a girlfriend. You know how it goes. And then, um, oh, and conveniently, her fiance is a surgeon who works very strange hours. Uh-huh. So, you yeah. know, he doesn't notice, like, sneaking around getting hotel rooms and stuff. Um, I mean, until, until he does. And, uh, but I won't spoil it because, honestly, I will say this. Most of these movies, you really can tell what's going to happen. Like, with the Falling for Christmas, I was like, okay, immediately when I saw Tad, I was like, oh, Tad, bless your heart, you are going to be out of this picture soon. And then he was, and then the the, lodge, the blonde, ski bro-looking lodge owner guy was, you know. So you could tell a mile away what was going to happen here. But I will say, Falling No Sleep Till Christmas, I wasn't really sure for the longest time. Like, neither Tony nor I really knew what she was going to do because she was bickering with this guy that she's sort of like getting to know that she's been sleeping, literally just sleeping with. Um, And she seemed to have a very still healthy relationship with her uh, surgeon fiance. So I did not know how it was going to go until like at the end, they're like getting ready for the wedding and I'm still like, what's going to happen? So I will say if you want a movie, a freeform original, in fact, that you kind of don't know where it's going to go. Well, maybe everyone else does, and I'm just dumb. But I, neither of us, we were like, what's she going to do? So I think that that one was a little bit more, um, well, it was edgier, obviously, with some of the themes. But it was, yeah, it was kind of, it kept you guessing. It was like a little more, what's going to happen here? And so, yeah, I I sort of liked that one. And I will mention there was a dead mom. But it took us a while to find out who the dead okay. mom was. They didn't lead with this R.I.P. No, I gotcha, that I gotcha. came in and, well, um, yeah, what places Hallmark movies would never go. So I, you know, if you haven't seen No Sleep Till Christmas, it was definitely kind of original in the story and also in, like I said, lots of, you know, you know, rated PG-13 kind of vibes. Like they were, you know, they were, you know, going for it a little more. Well, it sounds like a good double feature. I mean, I think this is a good rack I, I, for a holiday yeah, double I, feature. I think that they would both be good double features. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lisa, I recently went to Dollywood. I think you're aware of this. Oh, I yeah, I, I did a little Dollywood visit because I won the free tickets on the radio. What? Yeah, yeah, I won a couple of free tickets. And they expired on the first, so we had to fit a little Christmas trip in. It was cold as a snapper. But I want to let you know that I learned something, speaking of Lindsay Lilo's little title there at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah. Dolly Parton's title is at Dollywood? What? No. No. Dreamer in Chief. Oh, love it. <laughs> I just needed you to know that, as long as we were somewhat on the subject. But I feel like anyone else that had that would be so dorky. But if Dolly has it, it's it works. okay. It's right. It's true. It works. She is the dreamer in chief. Absolutely. That's why when you walk and you look to your right and you see a big thing of bald eagles on one side and airbrush on the other, it's her vision. Is that it's your new vision. sidewalk title? I want it to be. Dreamer in chief. I want it to be. I'm looking for that. Well, thanks, Lisa, for this. Um, yeah, as we work towards both of our titles of Dreamer in Chief, um, <laughs> or Director for, of Atmosphere, or Director of Atmosphere, I'll take either. You, I think actually that's better for you. You do styling, so I think Director okay. of Atmosphere is perfect. And I, I'll You're just right. settle with the uh, Oopsie Daisy Boner as that's, my title. That's gonna. They're on some <laughs> sets, you know. Anyway, well, uh, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for bringing us this this little dynamic duo. Of course, of course. Tis the season. Totally. All right, bye, dude. Bye. Okay, bye. Roll your mouse over the biscuit maker. Uh, uh, of, uh... <laughs> Man, that's weird. Okay. Well, you know, we've been talking holiday movies with Lisa. That's right. And I'm about to talk a little more holiday movie. I'm sorry. I know the holidays are over, but this is a really, really important 
thing I need to bring to your attention. Okay. Under the umbrella of, man, that's weird. Where we're oftentimes talking about movie connections, about strange movie connections. That's right. And, you know, just references to films and other films and this kind of stuff. Well, I have stumbled across something. Uh-oh. That is incredibly important and incredibly innovative. Okay. From Hallmark. I think I know where you're going with this. Do you? Is this uh, the uh, the double feature that we showed during uh, Bad Movie Holiday? Exactly. And what that is, and I want to kind of bring this to you organically in the way that I fell upon it. Okay. So I'm looking for bad movies to watch for Bad Movie Day, Bad Movie Night, and so on and so forth. And I stumble upon Sister Swap, a hometown holiday. Of from course. 2021. And I watched this film. Starring two sisters. That's right. And um, Netflix wants you to know that. In every piece of marketing material and everything promotional about this film, they want you to know that these are two actual sisters. Well, I'm not sure that's ever been done before in movies. Two actual sisters. I mean, who's ever heard of it? Ashley Williams and Kimberly Williams. And guess what? They're actually sisters. One of them is married to one of those country music guys, right? Oh, I didn't know. Brad that- Paisley? Oh, that would explain why there's a, that particular. I noticed that there was a song that seemed a little high, high value. <laughs> I will say for this film, that is really interesting. I had no idea. She probably pulled some strings. Uh, clearly. So I watched Sister Swap, a hometown holiday from okay. 2021, and it is indeed bad enough for bad movie night. And I also kind of love this one because it has a project. It takes place in a movie theater. It has a projectionist character who every time she comes on the screen, I just scream Sam. <laughs> um, but she's nothing like Sam. She's frazzled and, you know, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And anyway, there's a DCP projector is a character in this film. Oh, boy. But there's a lot of like, oh, my God. And there's a, also a basically what they think is going to be entertaining for the entire town is just to screen their own movies. And the town's on board for this. Cool. Anyway, it's real, real, real bad. That does uh, just from the perspective of a uh, cinema programmer, that probably wouldn't draw a crowd. Yeah, seems, I mean, I've seems, tried it before. Seems uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm skeptical, but and I'll let you know that the synopsis is Jennifer and Meg Swift are two sisters wanting to find a new sense of purpose, as is typical in these kind of films. Of course, during the Christmas holidays, they decide to swap homes and end up discovering what they both truly need in life. Sounds all typical, right? Right. So I think it's bad. I'm like, okay, well, then I start looking and I notice, oh, it looks like there's a sequel to this thing. Uh Whoa, that doesn't usually happen. But this is this is about as hallmark as it gets. I mean, this thing is out hallmarking itself with the, you know, drinking the cocoa and the big city to downtown, which I mean, big city to small town, which, by the way, the big city is Salt Lake City. It's a big city Uh from Uh certain angles. And there's a lot (laughs) of references to Salt Lake City. So. I then realize, as I'm beginning to put together a double feature and trying to make a decision, should I you know, go ahead and watch Sister Swap Christmas in the City and decide if it's worse than Sister Swap a Hometown Holiday? Because, you know, bad movie night, you can sometimes do this, the sequel before you do the first one. That's true. And what I realize is that these two films are released within the same year. And as hmm. a matter of fact, they were released a week from each other. And as a matter of fact, this is not a sequel at all. Dun, 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 dun. What, 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 what? This is just in the same Hallmark cinematic universe. So it's kind of a sidequel. Like it's yes. taking place simultaneously. That's right. So let me now, let, let me let you know. 
that these two films are not sequels to one another. They can be watched in whatever order. It is the perspective of one sister and one and the perspective of the other sister and the other. One being a small town, the other being a big city, Salt Lake. And they go back and forth between the two places. Huh. So they they swap and one film follows one sister predominantly and the other film follows the other sister predominantly. That's exactly right. Interesting. And some scenes completely repeat, <laughs> as if that's not unusual in a Hallmark film. And so I have a quote from Kimberly Williams, and you're absolutely right, Kimberly Williams Paisley. Oh. We wanted to do something outside the box for the genre, but also stay in the genre. And my sister came up with this brilliant idea of two films that take place in the same time frame and sometimes overlap. And it took us years to figure out the puzzle. My favorite part about this is that, let me emphasize the word years. Uh Because when you watch this, the thought of anything related to this film taking years, other than the actors getting to an appropriate age, ooh, it's a jaw dropper. And the Hallmark finally let us do it. What do you mean Hallmark finally let you do it? This to me (laughs) is like... mm, Christmas rom-com? I don't know if this is in our Ballywick exactly. But also, guess what? They're both directed and edited by the same person. Of course. So they both star the same people. It seems to me like Hallmark would be like, wow, so you're asking us to print money for ourselves? You made two movies for the price of... Well, I almost said the price of one movie, but it's really, with these Hallmark movies, the price of like... Uh, an eighth of a movie <laughs> pretty much pretty much and i want i think that if you're looking for a rabbit hole to go down anytime okay. soon that this is a fun one because there are some articles out there including you know buzzfeed was on this you know they couldn't resist this including some screenshots and they also are emphasizing the fact that, th- that there is a lot of talk around these films as being monumental and innovative and yeah so cool. embrace that and that is what i have for you and man that's weird well that today. certainly is weird and connective. You got it. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. Oh, I don't even have my notes right now. I don't know what happened. Give me one second to flip to a page so I can give you our comparison. Look how slowly I'm moving. Oh, here it is. Here it is. We're your own personal cinematic John Cleese and Pierce Morgan. Oh, those two. Can we just put them on an ice flow and just float them off into the <laughs> I mean, the, they're both kind of terrible, aren't they? But I do appreciate the fact that Pierce Morgan said this. John Cleese is a saddled, I'm sorry, saddled boar, which I think is a really great quote. Counterpoint, that may be true now, but John Cleese at one point in his career actually offered the world something of value, which is more than Piers Morgan has ever done. Oh, that's true. But Piers Morgan's last name is Morgan. And he did get to say that John Cleese is a saddled boar. So I'll be I'll I'll take the Piers Morgan. I will be uh, John <laughs> Cleese. Happy? I'll be a Monty Python and Faulty Towers, and A Fish Called Wanda. <laughs> and now that I'm in my 80s, I'll be railing against cancel culture and all these darn woke kids who are telling me I can't tell jokes anymore. I think there's something really funny it just just innately about like two old British dudes fussing. Yeah. Like, that's it, just... It, a- it, fussing <laughs> is the word for it. Oh, it's just kind of... I don't know. It makes me laugh. Two rich old British yeah. dudes just yeah. being the meh, 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 meh. Yeah. yeah. Why All not? Right. Well, Why John not? Cleese. Uh, way to, um, not fully, I, I don't think, wreck a legacy, but uh, just like, okay. shut up, dude. Whatever. 
Oh, thanks to you listeners. And thanks to Beltwell Studios. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Brad. Sorry for stepping on your toes there. Uh, Sidewalkfest.com or at Sidewalk Film is where you can find showtimes for what we're showing at the cinema. We're showing a lot of great stuff here at the first of the year. You're going to want to check out uh, our social media presence to learn more about all of that and get your tickets. Of course, SidewalkFest.com. We hope you join us to see a movie pretty soon. Bye, 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 b